Hello. Howdy, howdy. Welcome to the Diddy Saga. Yes. Hello. It is 100 degrees outside and I'm not here for it. (laughs) I know. It's been hot. I can't imagine. I'm scared to to think about what our electricity bill is going to be this month. How much our AC has been running. Not that it fucking works anymore. Apparently, that happened. I feel that. I I definitely feel that. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Beauty Saga. Um, I don't know what gender I am right now, and I'm all over the place. So, yeah. Any, gen- any pronouns is good for me. Cool. And so, I found some cool people from TikTok, and I was like, I did not know. Like, I was like... Hey, let me like try contacting them, see if they'll talk to me. And here they are, and it's pretty cool. So, introduce themselves because I don't do that because that's weird. <laughs> Hi, I'm the Cosmic Meatbag System. You might have seen some of my ridiculous videos on TikTok making fun of this horrible disorder that we suffer with on a daily basis, but try to get some laughs out of it. And I'm joined here by my incredible spouse. Hi, I'm Molly, the system spouse, and you may have seen me on TikTok, just providing more support and um, advice for other partners and spouses. Yeah, so let's go back to when I first found out about y'all. It was with Aiden. Is it Aiden? Adrian? I forgot which little came out. Like Aiden or Adrian, and I don't know, but they came out, and I was, can y'all hear me? Can you just go out? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, yep. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I was just like, oh, it just got way too quiet. <laughs> Brilliant. No, we're still here. Yeah, it was little Adrian. Yeah, it's Adrian. Yeah, Adrian came out and I was like, oh my god, when this is like kind of adorable, but like this is also like a whole disorder. And so like me being the ADD person I am, I was like, I want to find out more. And I'm just like, yo, this is kind of sad. Right. Because like it was formerly known as multiple personality disorder. And I think it was, was it named something else before that? I'm, honestly, I'm not, I'm not certain. Not to my knowledge. I think it was always MPD up until the, uh, I, I believe it was 1994 when they changed that. Okay. So, yeah. So, I don't know how I made a post about it recently it was like i don't know how but i'm all over tiktok i got to did tiktok which tiktok system tiktok i'm like i don't know how i got here but hey i like it it's cool it's a good place to be yeah sometimes 
Yeah, and then it's like very sad. Like depends on like what people post and all that. So yeah. So I got some questions, and I am not really good at interviewing people, which is why I don't. It's not really my thing, but like always. You come on a dating saga, shit's gonna get weird. That's how I like it. So, yes. All right. So, first question. Let's talk about how it is formed. How is DID formed? Okay. So, DID is uh, is 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 uh, stands for dissociative identity disorder. It is a dissociative disorder um, that is born out of experiencing significant trauma at a young age, and um, it has not yet been agreed upon how extreme that trauma needs to be in order for a system to develop. Um, there are some resources that say that a very extreme abuse is required. There are some sources that say only mild trauma can cause a system to form. Um, but the way it works is it, the, the, the current leading theory is that when you're a child, a very, very young child, your personality, your identity exists in a kind of nebulous state or a, a number of different states I'm hungry, I, I need mommy, I am having fun. Um, and as a healthy, normal human grows up, those different traits coalesce. All right, so it just went out right now. I don't know what's happening. We having some trouble hearing me? Yeah, it's just disconnected for a second. Ah, uh, okay. It might have been because the phone locked. So, so where where did I leave off at? Where what was the last thing you heard? Uh, co-connected. Okay, so yeah, so as as you grow up, uh, a healthy child grows up, the various parts of their identity coalesce together into a singular unit uh, that then experiences reality for the rest of our lives. When trauma is introduced to that, to that equation, those different pieces don't have the opportunity to coalesce together. And instead, the brain puts barriers between each of those identity states and uh, in order to protect itself from experiencing the trauma that it does. Uh, and as the body grows, then each of those different identities experiences their own life, their own set versions of reality. Um, and they continuously grow and develop until they are finally complete whole identities, uh, just as real, just as valid as any identity owned by a singlet. Um, and... In, in they all either fight against each other or work together in this circumstance that we call dissociative identity disorder. Um, there are other dissociative disorders as well. It's a spectrum. It's not, it's not a binary on or off. Um, and those are, you know, and there, there are those disorders such as OSDD, otherwise specified dissociative disorder, 1A, 1B, there are a number of other dissociative disorders as well, but those d typically don't present in having alters, uh, which is the word used to, to 
refer to the different identities that exist in a singular meat body as a system. Interesting. And I forgot to ask, who is fronting right now? Ace is fronting right now. I am the host of our system. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Not cool, but like cool. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because like I have trauma, but like both of our traumas are completely different. Indeed. Like, and I feel like some people tend to not understand that because like I can, like, I've been abused, but at the same time, like, my trauma may start at six months, within six months of me being born. Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, yours could go, like, an entire childhood. Yes. And And with you being traumatized through your entire childhood, that can create DID? That's correct. Um, typically, the understanding is that uh, uh, trauma, the traumas have to be experienced before the age of, I believe, seven years old. And alters can, six to ten perhaps even, uh, as, 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 as a range. Um, and alters can start presenting themselves as early as like five, six, seven years old. I, I remember very, very vaguely some experience when we were very small of trying to communicate with the other voices uh the other people that that were in my head um and of course i had no way of trying of being able to describe this to any of the uh grown-ups that were in my life uh that were not responsible for my trauma but um yeah experiencing those traumas is the number one recognized and identified way for a system to develop um, that being said, there's nothing to indicate that there are no alternative methods by which a system can develop. It is just known and documented that trauma at an early age is a definite cause of that circumstance. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> oh my God, I'm over here dying. Uh, all right. So, how many alters do you have? Currently, I think twenty-two is is the after last night. Yeah. Uh, the the count is at twenty-two, um, and and that has not always been the case. It 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 has changed that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, from when we first became self-aware as a system, we just started out knowing three of us were there. Um, eventually it got to over a hundred at one point, um, but through integration and fusing and, uh, and, and working through our traumas with a therapist, we've been able to get our system back down to about 22 alters. Now that's just, those are just the alters that we're aware of. It's Mm -hmm. there, there could be any number of alters still lurking beyond our perception as evidenced by the events of last night. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yesterday morning we thought there were 20, and then 
after that evening, it turns out there were an additional two who have very, very strong opinions about the lifestyle we're currently living. Mm-hmm. And I think I, if you, uh, was it Mo? You Me were- and Mo recently fused. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. No worries. I mean, that that circumstance fusing could be a whole podcast in and of itself. It's, I mean, I, I, I think most people who feel or have a similar circumstance to us will agree the brains are just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so how did you find out you had DID? Okay, so if I remember correctly, uh, it was entirely my wife's <laughs> my wife's ability to to notice what was going on. At mm-hmm. first, she had she had noticed some trends in our behavior patterns, and started to do a little bit of research about those patterns. And she came to discover that the borderline personality disorder diagnosis greatly fit the experience that we were having. So she came to us like, Hey honey, I'm not trying to freak you out, but you check all of these boxes. And I think you should, you should see somebody about this. Um, And then it was only just a couple of days later, as I was doing my own research on it, I saw that a related disorder was DID, dissociative identity disorder. So I clicked on that and read the available literature and it, became very quickly apparent that I check all the boxes on this list. And so I brought it up to my therapist who I'd already been seeing for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, we, he, he performed a, an official assessment uh, and it, it didn't take long before he, even before he was willing to give us an official diagnosis, he was willing to, uh, recognize the symptoms that we described as being very close to dissociative identity disorder. So even before we got an official diagnosis, like we had medical, we had a medical team that was willing to recognize our symptoms and be like, okay, yeah, no, like we can't quite sign off on this just yet, but it's pretty clear that you check most of these boxes. Oh. Uh-huh. And so what is getting a diagnosis like? What's that process? What does that process look like? Okay, so so um, at first it was just me presenting my findings to my therapist. Like, hey, my wife came to me. She said, I check a lot of these boxes. I've done some research. I know I check a lot of these boxes. So is, can you give me an official assessment to determine whether or not I can officially be diagnosed with this? Um, and at first, our therapist was like, look, I don't have enough experience with dissociative disorders to feel comfortable giving you a diagnosis and assessing you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read and research and do my work until such a point where I know enough about dissociative disorders that I can comfortably and adequately give you a diagnosis. And that process took probably, what, like three or four months from March. Yeah, so we we first brought it up to him in March and then uh, 
he gave us the official assessment and diagnosis uh, four months later in July. Now, if you're seeing a professional that already has a background in dissociative disorders, it might not take you as long. Um, as with any circumstance in the United States, in the United States, especially when it comes to mental health, like your mileage may vary. It's going to depend a lot on the professional that you're seeing, whether or not they're willing to learn or whether or not they're going to just refer you to another specialist, mm -hmm. uh, which honestly, I think is probably going to be the most common experience among people who already who are already seeing a therapist that isn't. Uh, versed in, you know, the realm of dissociative disorders. Uh, but I, I do want to point out that being diagnosed, getting, earning an actual official diagnosis from a licensed therapist in this country is 100% a privilege. It is not the sole determining factor in the validity of the status of a system, whether they believe that they are or not. Um, the diagnosis is not the end all be all. It definitely helps. It's mm -hmm. definitely, a, it's definitely, a, 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 it was a load off of my shoulders to have that on the books. Um, but even then there, there are consequences to being diagnosed with a dissociative disorder. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what all of them are, but I know for uh, a lot of people who are in similar circles, but if you have a diagnosis of a dissociative disorder, you lose the right to uh, get top or bottom surgery for gender re reaffirmance surgery. Are um, you that is, yes, it is true. Oh yeah. Um, and so it's not always going to be the best decision for a system to actually get that diagnosis, depending on their circumstances. But again, while it helps you navigate the system and it kind of helps reassure, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a privilege and it is not the only means to be valid as somebody who experiences multiplicity. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. So Molly, what was it like for you when you found out that Ace had DID? Uh, it was a very confusing time. Um, it was very confusing and just, but also really validating because we were finally able to discover what was actually going on. And it took a lot of time and research on my end to really just understand and start to just treat them like each individual person like they are that they've never really experienced before. So it was very, uh, very eye-opening and I'm just glad that I've been a person who can allow themselves to be themselves because they never really had that opportunity before. Yeah, because you were the one to find out like something's wrong here. Right. They were, uh, they bought a wizard hat and told me that they didn't feel like Ace anymore. They felt like Pax the wizard. And I thought, well, this is different. And that's kind of when I started doing some research. So um, I didn't nail it quite on the head. But Nobody was okay with that wizard hat. 
<laughs> Nobody was willing to let us wear it and just be okay with it. <laughs> but it it's been a good experience and I've definitely been able to adapt quite a lot and uh just be able to understand so much and I'm still learning I still don't know everything and neither do we as a collective but we're learning together and we communicate very well and keep each other up to date on what's going on and it's where we make a good team yeah so who is Pax the wizard because like I've seen him on TikTok but like I don't know who like is it a character from, like, a TV show? No, so or... Pax the Wizard is his own identity. He's an 8,000-year-old wizard from a different universe. And maybe Ace can give some more insight on Pax. I mean, you, you definitely did a good job summing him up. He, he, if, you're, if you're asking if he's, like, from, uh, if he's, like, a, an introject from a fictitious source. No, he yeah. is not. Uh, no, he, he is... Um, he's exactly what what molly said he was he's he's over eight thousand years old he comes from a different universe he was toying around with multi-dimensional travel and he got stuck in my head and he's been low-key trying to get out but also low-key just experiencing what being in another person's head is like and like He's just, he's, he's delightfully mad. So like nothing really matters and he's just trying to have a good time. But uh, a lot of the times humans confuse him. A lot. A lot. <laughs> he just, he, it, like, like on a national geographic level, like he looks at other humans and he's just like fascinating creatures. <laughs> like. Oh. And so like I know that people, uh, I think I, I forgot who, which system I saw this. It's like interesting. Uh, they became someone from like a book or a TV show. Yes, um, yes, that's a that's a that's a fairly common circumstance among systems. They call yeah. they call those introjects. Okay. Um, and they can be either from a fictitious source, like a TV, movie, storybook, whatever, video game. Yeah. Um, or they can also be based off of actual real people that live in physical space, like mm -hmm. their brother or their boyfriend or their abuser, which is tip, which is quite common in some systems that experience like really extreme abuse they'll have an introject of their abusers uh which is basically like a carbon copy of them that lives in their head and gets to torment them i used to have something like that until uh a series of fusions and integrations where one of my alters uh specifically has the job of handling fragments and alters that uh, are introjects of like a fictitious source. Mm -hmm. um, and he will actively, he will actively like patrol our system. And if he finds an alter that is just a fragment or a fictive as it, they are known, 
Um, he will attempt to reach out to them and ultimately kind of absorb them into himself, thereby solidifying uh, like our system as a whole unit and keeping it from being so fragmented, uh, which leads to just a smoother experience of conscious life. Um, and it's, it's, it's not so fragmented between different perceptions from one moment to the next. Mm -hmm. um, it, it definitely, the, the, more, the more you integrate and the more fragments you're able to combine together, just the, the easier, in my experience, being a system as a whole has become. Yeah. I see, I see. So how did your family react when you told them you had this disorder? Very poorly at first. Um, obviously, my, my parents took it the worst, but my siblings were fantastic. They, they, the thing was is that this, this disorder describes my behavior from even a young child so well that when I came out to the, my family as a system, nine times out of ten, people are just like, oh, that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, no worries. Like, we totally believe you. Wow. Yeah, wow. That makes perfect sense. That explains you so well. My little sister, my little sister, when we were younger, she told me that she used to think about like, like on a daily basis, she'd be like, oh, which brother am I going to get today? Am I going to get the happy go lucky one or the sad, the sad, depressed one or like, it was it was clear from an early age that there was something significantly wrong with us or at least different about us yeah um now my parents took it as bad as about you could possibly expect and so we we loved them from a distance um like i just i texted my dad happy birthday and that's about the most i'm going to interact with him until christmas um, but the so many different like members of our family like my aunt my aunt Megan and all of her kids and that whole side of the family like they have done so much to validate and welcome us and comfort us as part of their family mm -hmm. as opposed to like my immediate family um that it, it it's it's really been overwhelming in some aspects like overwhelmingly positive that is to say because like i never would have i never would have expected as, as many people in my family to automatically just accept me for what i was and who we are yeah i think i just went out oh my god what is wrong what's wrong um, the, the, the dynamic in our family has changed so much between like who's really well connected with whom that like basically everyone in our family looks at my parents as like, yeah, they're those people. They're part of our family. So like we'll give them a hug if we see them. But then, you know, we'll we'll all of us continue to judge them about their terrible decisions, like yeah. being religious fundamentalists and fascists and all that fun jazz. 
speaking of religion, is anybody in your system religious, like Christian or Catholic? So, so, okay. So, so with our parents, we were raised in the church of Christ. Shout out to all my church of Christ homies, songs of faith and songs of faith and praise. Got so many bangers. It is well with my soul. Just, oh man. Okay. (laughs) So, so we, but, but because we grew up in the church of Christ, as a result, we suffered a significant amount of religious trauma. And so we kind of have been on this whole spiritual journey mm-hmm. throughout the course of our lives. Um, for a while, we were pagan for, for like when we were like 18 through like 22. And then we were just atheists for a long time. Um, but then recently, we discovered the spiritual teachings of a dude named Ram Das who was an American um, uh, psychology professor from Harvard who was part of the psychedelic revolution of the 1960s. And eventually he did so much acid that he's like, okay, this stuff is great, but how do I feel this elevated without having to introduce external chemistry to my system? And so he went to... Okay, so something is happening right now, and I don't know what. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, so we're back. Okay, sorry about that. The the phone locked again. So, 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 so he goes to India to find a guru. He does find a guru, studies with him for about six months, then comes back to the United States as a, uh, as like a spiritual teacher giving lectures around the country at different colleges and different events about the wonders of the Eastern philosophy and the Eastern ideas of spirituality. But he did it in a way that Western people could like digest and could appreciate. And so he was contemporaries with like Alan Watts um, and like Timothy Leary, you know, the other Titans of the psychedelic psychological movement and philosophy movement of that era Uh, But he kind of took it a step further. And the way that he describes so many different things, he he makes it clear that all of the various religious traditions around the world basically all describe the same thing. They just use different words that mean basically the same thing. But because people are so tied up in semantics, they can't see past that. And so that's why there's so many conflicts between the different religions around the world. Like they can't tell, they can't see that they're say, they're all saying the same thing just with different words. And if they take a second to stop and communicate to each other, maybe find the, the similarities between their belief systems instead of, you know, hating each other for not sharing the right words, like a lot of significant progress could be made. So like now I would say after after 10 years of being an atheist, I consider myself to be a very highly spiritual person. Um, But my definition of the word God is synonymous with the word universe. Um, in, in, In my spiritual belief system, the entirety of the universe exists as a kind of cosmic mind a cosmic being who's 
bodily machinations are the very dance that each of the many millions and billions of galaxies in this universe, you know, do together. And it is so basically what you have there is a being that experiences infinity. Um, and so the thing about a, experiencing infinity is that when you're trying to figure out your identity, as much as knowing what you are, knowing what you aren't is, I would say, even more important sometimes. And when you are a being that experiences infinity, that you, if you encompass literally everything, there's nothing that you are not. And so you can never really figure out who you are. And so humans are kind of an experiment in consciousness, limited consciousness, such that the infinite can ascertain a better description or understanding of what itself actually is. Actually, we are the we are the universe experiencing itself. <laughs> that is actually cool. Like I I'm not really a science type of person. Like I kind of sort of understood that. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Thank you. I've worked really hard on trying to get that spiel down. <laughs> It'd be like that. It'd be like that. Um and all of us in the system agree like we 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 all ascribe to that belief system yeah. although i do know that there are some systems out there who have altars with uh 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 what's the word i'm looking for with with very different belief systems even contradictory belief systems like some altars what might be christian another altar might practice islam another another altar might be a pagan, you know, and from what I understand that typically lends itself to a lot of dysfunction and, and a lot of uh, friction contention within the system. So like we count our lucky stars that we don't have to worry about anything like that or, or at the very least we're good enough at uh, explaining the circumstance to any new altars that everybody who hears it just kind of signs up anyway. See y'all making life easy for y'all. We're trying. It's been so hard for so long, and until until we have built this life and this space with Molly, our spouse, like we've never had a circumstance where we could truly explore every aspect of ourselves and be met with non-judgment. You know, despite what might come out of it, like I I could. I could go on for at least, I could definitely fill up an hour with how much I owe to Molly and how much support she brings to our system. Yeah. So back to you, Molly. Like, when you found out Ace was a whole system, and like, oh man, I don't like words. It's so confusing. Because when, when I'm about to say it, it's not going to make sense. But it's gonna make sense to me, and I'm trying to figure out how am I supposed to say it. Just say it, and then we'll work it out together. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So, like, when you found out Ace was a system, and then like, oh, think it not a lost word, great. 
so like what is your relationship with like with all the system I mean alters in the system so with everyone we except for the one I met last night (laughs) um, everybody seems to be on the same page we are just friends or um, we are in a relationship Um, when I first found out like Ace said they knew of three right off the bat which was himself Ace Ken and Pax and Ken and Pax immediately knew me. They knew everything about me. They said they've been around forever. They were there even on our wedding day and agreed to marry us. And they were, they considered themselves my husbands and fathers to our children. And it was like an immediate, like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was in a relationship with more than one person, but okay. It was something I had to adjust and acclimate myself to and get to know them because it was somebody who was already in a relationship with me, but I didn't even know who they were yet. So Mm -hmm. it was getting to know them. And then I also have a fourth husband, Roy, now, and I'm dating Fred, Cosmic, and Leilani. So I'm dating seven out of the 22 that we know of. Um, And other than that, it's going great. Other than that, yeah. That's pretty dope. Now, we will say, like, our system is somewhat blessed with a level of uh, coherency and balance that unfortunately you don't see in a lot of systems out there these days. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the cause for that was because even before we were self-aware, like that is to say before we got diagnosed, there were different, there were different points throughout our life growing up that we knew something was up. We knew that there were other people living in our head and they had thoughts and opinions that were different from our own. Um, In fact, one of our earliest memories of that circumstance was we used to do this thing called lads to leaders as a church of Christ Christian. And it was like this big convention where people went uh, to compete in different Bible related or church related activities like song leading or preaching or debating or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh at night while we were in while we were sleeping in the hotel room that we shared with two other kids who were our age we remember sharing with them like oh yeah like one of our friends who who live in my head is like a dragon who's like a thousand years old and like the dragon altar interacted with these two other kids who were there um and so like since we were sort of we knew that we were different we knew that something was up um we we've practiced things like meditation um especially like uh, a sense sensory deprivation uh and just different 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 uh disciplines and avenues that we could practice um in order to bring a greater balance to our system and so like before even before we were really self-aware like as a teenager we still did a lot of meditating and centering ourselves and um kind of building the bridges the foundation that we would later be able to utilize once we were diagnosed as a system 
Um, like we, I, I know that we owe a lot of our current stability to the fact that at, from a young age, we had been trying to figure out our, our consciousness and we had been playing around with different things. We, we did a lot of work with psychedelics as well. Um, before we had kids, of course. Um, and so like I, I came into learning about the fact that I had DID with the perfect foundation already laid to reach out to the altars that existed there and kind of do that, that journey inwards uh, to discover the, the true reality of, you know, my conscious experience. Mm-hmm. And so for everybody who's out there listening to this and they're having some issues with system stability and, 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 and communication, um, do a little research on binaural beats. We prefer to use the theta band because it, it lends the, the best conscious experience for, for system work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, will, it, it changed our life. And it has changed the lives of some other systems that we've introduced the idea to. Um, I highly, highly recommend that every system out there listens to some binaural beats, even if it's just before you go to bed and spend some time actively working on your system. Yeah. So can you, like not you personally, but can you form an altar later on in life? Let's say, like, at 20 years old, can a new altar just come out of dormant? Absolutely. Absolutely. What can happen is either a, an altar can come out of dormancy, an altar could choose or endeavor to remain hidden from the rest of the system mm-hmm. and then front when the circumstance is ripe for them to do so. Or an entirely new altar can be generated. Um, the thing is, is when, you, when a brain learns how to do something, especially if it learns how to do something the easy way, it's going to keep doing that for the entire rest of your life. And so there are systems out there who have integrated to such an extent that there is only one identity left that operates within their meat body. But even then in that circumstance, a new altar could form because of a traumatic experience. Uh, An altar that that single identity could split into multiple different altars who have a completely different identity than the the one that originated, they originated from. Um, the The thing about DID is that anything can happen at any time for any reason and none of it has to make any sense at all. So, like, buckle your seatbelt, because honestly, the best thing that you can do is cultivate for yourself a philosophy of equal parts, hands off, let your brain do whatever dumb shit it's going to do, and then half accommodate all of the alters and identities and consciousnesses that your stupid brain decided to come up with such that the lot of you together can experience a more enjoyable reality. Um, it's, it's definitely when, when you're navigating through a life 
with DID, like staying on your toes is a hundred percent necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause anything can happen at any time for any reason. And, and the thing that, and that kind of makes it challenging in some ways because, you know, there, there are going to be instances where things seem pretty far fetched or things seem pretty far out or, or, or incredible. Um, but, but it's all valid and it, it, it all truly happens. Cool. Cool. That's pretty interesting. Like my brain ain't that interesting, but your brain sounds pretty interesting. In a good way. I mean, we consider we do consider ourselves fortunate to have the kind of brain to uh, that appreciates what kind of brain it is. Like we can experience all of the ludicrous nonsense that we do as a system, hallucinations and everything, and we can sit back and go like, extraordinary. What an incredible, what an incredible experience. You know, even though the reality of it is that it fucking sucks dick and it's really hard to get through. Like there's still that little pocket of our brain that's like, fascinating, incredible. Who could have thought? Yeah, I feel like if someone has like heard that and they were like, if they don't know about DID and it's like, how long have you been on Earth? You know what I mean? How long of what? Like, I feel like for someone who don't know about DID and they just hear that and like, oh yeah, that's incredible. Like, I never knew that could be a thing. And then like someone, oh, God damn it. Yeah, someone would like hear, hear that and then they just like, you've been on Earth? For, uh, Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes we've been on Earth. Most of the time we spend on another planet entirely, it seems. Like, that's, you know how they had those shirts, like, a couple of years back that was like, I'm in my own little world, but it's okay. They know me here. Like, that is, that is, that is the basic, that is basically my life. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, like, in a nutshell, on a t-shirt, that, that sums it up pretty well. I felt that shirt. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, uh, uh, what was your reaction when you found out that you had this disorder? Like, when you finally had verification, I am assisting. <sighs> It was honestly, it was like the heavens opened and a chorus of angels sang down from the heavens. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, it was validation to the, to the uh, a millionth degree. It was being able to look back at every single experience that I can still remember and being like, oh, that's why. No, that's entirely why. And it's obvious that that's entirely why. Suddenly, everything makes sense. Sort of. Like, (laughs) I have an explanation as to why I did all of this weird shit when I was younger. And why I experienced the things that I do now that I'm a grown-up. Like, it was was a lightning bolt. It was was life-changing. It was, like, validation. It was the best, it was one of the best moments of my life. 
It was the wasp's nipples. Oh, yeah. So like bees need doesn't even cover it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want to figure out some things. So I looked up DID tech terminology. Mm-hmm. And I would like for you and Molly to like teach me something. Like, well, what do you want to know, dude? What is an altar? Let's help okay. understand. <laughs> so, so an altar is a unique, not always complete identity that carries with it its own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and perspective on the world that they live in. Um, there can be any limit. There, there can be any number of altars. There is no limit uh, as to how many can form or what personality traits they might contain. Uh, they might base themselves off of a person that already exists or from a fictional character. Um, but even then, it might not always be exactly the same. Um, an altar is a person. An altar is a whole, not always whole, but mostly whole person. Mm-hmm. Who has their own dreams, desires, wishes, and experience. Yeah. Because, like, I Oh, what's his name? Anthony Padilla? Anthony Padilla? I don't know who that is. He's like a very old, not really old, old, but like he's an older YouTuber. Um, like back in the day. And so he made, uh, he have like this, uh, these videos, like the wonders, the wonderful world of Dissociative Identity Disorder. It's a natural video. It's, like, pretty great. And so I forgot who, but somebody said that they have, like, I think they said they had over 100 altars. That's pretty common. Is That's common? Yes. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen systems that have over 1,000 altars. There really is no limit to how many fragments or pieces you can have. Another really common thing is having littles in the system, mm-hmm. which is obviously, um, and if it's not obvious to those listening, um, is somebody who um, is at a younger age. Uh, like an altar typically between the ages of like five and 10 years old. Yeah, five to yeah. 10, five to eight, um, or even like even younger one, sometimes. one to eight. Yeah. Um, one to eight. And then we have mids who are usually from the age of like 10 eight to, to 10 to, I don't know, I think it's like 13, 14. And then we have teens um, as well. So we've had a little bit mixture of all. We've had a lot of fusions within the teens and the littles and the mids. So mm-hmm. we just have two littles now, but we do have an eight and nine year old and they get treated as such. So that's something uh, to consider. If you do know a system, you could need a little and definitely treat them at the age that they are. Yeah. Okay, so what is a gatekeeper? 
A gatekeeper is an altar whose specific whose specific role in the system is to ensure that altars who are inappropriate for a given circumstance, uh, such as a little fronting while uh, the the system is having intimacy with another person, um, or it can be basically it is their job to make sure that somebody doesn't front who isn't supposed to in any in a given circumstance. And then like fragment. So a fragment refers to an altar who has enough presence and enough substance to consider themselves at least partially uh, a full person experiencing reality. Um, however, that can uh, present itself in a number of different ways. Either the fragment is like a one-dimensional character, you know, pulled from a show, okay. or uh, that this altar represents just a single, like, reactionary response to trauma. Um, it basically refers to any altar that is less than a whole person, uh, but is no less valid for their existence. And then a host and co-host the host of a system is the altar that fronts the most often um and one common misconception is that the host is is kind of quote unquote the main altar uh or the most important altar uh, but that is not the case i am the host of our system and i am just as much an altar as any of the rest of our altars um it is only because I front more frequently than everyone else that I have the role of host. Um, Co-host can be another altar that shares the responsibility of fronting frequently with the host or any other number of altars. Although for uh, complexity's sake, there typically is only one or two co-hosts per system in my experience. Okay. Yeah. You started breaking up there a little. Are you still there? Hello? I can't hear you. Hello? I got nothing on my end. I don't know if you can hear me on your end. I'm going to try and leave and then join back in. I'm sorry about that. Hey, no worries. Shit happens. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to add this on to the, to the other one. Um, but, yeah, so what I thought as a host, they would be the ones who, like, I saw someone they, uh, put it as like the person who's on the birth birth certificate. That is typical, but not always the case. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in our case, I would say the one on the birth certificate would probably be little Adrian. He was definitely like the first of us. 
Um, but I came into being around like maybe three or four. And so I took over that role pretty much ever since. Um, but just, just as I said before, like I am just as much an altar as everybody else in the system. I'm not, I'm not special or above any other altar. I just front the most. Yeah. I got it. Next question for Molly. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Molly. Hey. Okay. Wait, first of all, if y'all don't know Molly, y'all need to get to know Molly. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> y'all have to watch Molly TikToks. One, they be having me dead. <laughs> and then on top of that, she be going live and she do tarot readings. Yes, and they're all to raise money for system giveaways. Yes. So if you ever want a tarot reading, go to Molly's uh, page. Oh my god. That's right. Oh my, like I have a whole deck of tarot cards, and like I learned how to use them, and I'm just like, this is like really good. Yeah, I really love it. Yeah. I'm like, y'all go, go check out Molly's TikTok. Like, she's really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like my big sister. Like, <laughs> I literally was in her live, was like, hey, Molly, I'm looking for uh, older siblings. <laughs> Both of them was like, oh, we could do it. We'll adopt. We got you. Like, I already have a lot, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting more. That's right. Yeah. So, being a system spouse, how would you define, like, it's pretty, like, (laughs) self-explanatory, but is there anything else behind being a system spouse that there is? Being very patient, Mm -hmm. very, very patient. Sometimes things happen and I have to wait a while until I can talk to somebody else about it. Uh, Sometimes I go a long time without seeing those that I'm in a relationship with. Uh, A lot of people ask me if they consider our relationships to be polyamorous. And I would say kind of yes, but maybe a polyamorous relationship before phones and mail (laughs) because I don't have the ability to text them or call them or check up in while I'm not seeing them for however long it is that I'm not seeing them for, but it definitely has, um, definitely has its ups and its downs, but like I've always said multiple times, it's a ride that I'm buckled up for and happily, Um, on the ride for but and that's not to say that it's not even harder for them in those moments and that's where I come in for support and being the person to take over a lot of the tasks as being with a family and making sure that they have the space that they need while they're going through a lot of uncovering trauma or whatever it may be um It's just making sure that I put them 
ahead of myself a lot of times. And what's fortunate for me is that when I am feeling overwhelmed and need them to take over the load, they can do that as well. So um, it's a lot of give and take. And like I said earlier in our session so far, like we make a really good team. So it works out and <laughs> it we do a good job with it. So we're just, it's a learning experience. We just keep yeah. learning together and growing together as we go. Yeah. And what is it like with being with, uh, when the littles will come out? What is that like? Like, do they see you as another parental figure? So our little Adrian sees me as mom. We have another nine-year-old Robbie, but he has only fronted once. Mm -hmm. All of the other littles have integrated, so we no longer see them. But when we see little Adrian, it's when we go to Chuck E. Cheese with our girls mm -hmm. and when we go to the park sometimes. Not every time, like we went to the park tonight and he didn't front, but um Little Adrian just definitely loves to come out to play sometimes when it's appropriate, when we go places. Um, but I just let him do his thing. I let him go play his games at Chuck E. Cheese and I let him go run down the slide and go run around with the girls. And I will say, because we do have a family with little kids, it does just look like daddy's just playing with the girls. But mm -hmm. I just let him do his thing and let him, let him be a kid because whenever he, he doesn't front very often. And when he does, I just want him to be himself and yeah. have that opportunity to have a loving environment where he didn't before. We definitely think that little Adrian is only eight years old because he stopped fronting around that age. And I can only imagine why. So I just want him to be able to experience things happily and be able to do what he wants <laughs> and go play when he wants to. Definitely. By all means, we all need to go outside, like play, like go touch some grass for a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Like if I was with my nephew, I'll be like, let's go outside. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to go outside we're not going to be in the house all day right and then what was your family like reaction when you told them that Ace was a system I really only told my mom and she really couldn't wrap her mind around it I gave a lot of resources for her to look into and to learn more, even some documentaries to watch and try to help even guide her. But um, it didn't seem like she really took an interest in wanting to do so. I, I will say, like, while Ace's parents took a while to come around and we're still not sure whether or not they're completely on board, um, my mom hasn't even gotten on board. <laughs> like, yeah. I won't say, that's not to say that she has completely disowned them. She just doesn't understand it. And that's because she doesn't want to do her own research and education on it. Um, which is unfortunate because my spouse feels like when they're around her that they have to mask 
and that's never a great feeling. But other than that, um, that's pretty much it with my family. I get that. Like, it's yeah. kind of a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing, and which kind of stinks because my mom and I do have a very close relationship. I'm an only child, and she was always a single mom, so it was just her and I, and we have a very close relationship, but I feel yeah. as though I can't be open with her about the things that I go through within my relationship, and just like with the fusion between Mo and Ace, there's been times that I've really missed Mo, but I can't talk to my mom about how there was another person within my spouse's body that I was in a relationship with, and now he's gone, and I miss him. Like, yeah. she's she's not going to understand and wrap her mind around it in her, in her mind. She doesn't, she understands that it was a childhood disorder and she understands that there were parts created because of that, but she doesn't understand that now that they're an adult and out of those situations, why the parts are still needed. Yeah. And that's where the lack of education comes through. And that's where my mom is at. And I can't, seem to get her past that so yeah because like uh like there's a trauma holder there's uh a sexual altar for like stuff for sex kind of things or like usually there's hypersexual altars because those altars had to they were the ones who came in and stepped in for usually sexual assault um and because they're used to having to front for those reasons Mm -hmm. um that's what they typically like to do um of course every system's different so that's not to say all are but that is that has been what we've experienced and heard the most yeah definitely we do have one as well. His name is Fred, and that's one of my boyfriends. But hey, he doesn't, that often. yeah, he doesn't front very often anymore since. Uh-oh. But yeah, like, have anybody ever thought, like, why you have so many boyfriends inside of one body? Like, is that a good way to explain it? Oh my god, that just sounds so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're good. No worries. No. Um, I think the only people I've really talked to about it is just openly, publicly on TikTok because mm-hmm. people on Facebook really didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. kind of gets it Facebook though. isn't woke. But yeah, my best friend <laughs> understands and a couple other of my friends. We do have... There are, there are a handful or two people that don't support, but we really do have... A lot of support around us who yeah, accept do. us for Especially who we like, are, what we go through, yeah. and it's just really nice. Speaking of support, like obviously I'm a supporter. Hey, hey. <laughs> there are a lot of fake claimers on, um, like I seen on TikTok. Like you said, Facebook isn't really woke like that, right? But um. On TikTok, I have seen, like, uh, for example, with the A system, I saw someone made a video, like, fake claiming them. And it's just like, that's, I'm confused. Yeah. 
That's why? stupid because they actually went out of their way to post their diagnosis on their TikTok. So anybody who has a fake pay for them, like that's just stupid. But honestly, that goes into the rest of the philosophy of people who fake claim. It's like from 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 our we've had our, a handful of fake claimers over the years, over the year that we've been on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they clearly don't they're just trolling. They don't give a fuck about what is actually going on. They're not interested in learning what your real circumstances are. They just want to cause somebody else to have a bad day. And the unfortunate truth is, is that on the internet, you're going to have bullies in every corner, no matter what you're doing or what you're talking about. Um, And unfortunately, like the DID community is ripe for making fun of because of how different our experience from the normal narrative is, is in terms of conscious experience, like... Um, for me personally, they, they've never bothered me. Like, uh, like even in some instances where like they're particularly aggressive, like it's not fun to, to field that level of energy, regardless of how secure you are in yourself or in yourselves. Um, but ultimately like, don't, don't just don't listen to them because nothing about their mission is rooted in making people's lives better. They're not out to they're not out to solve any injustice. They're just bullies who are using this as an opportunity to make people suffer because unfortunately our world is such that so many people have had to suffer that the only way for some of them to feel better about their suffering is to, you know, give it to other people. Um yeah. And so, like, I at one point in our in our TikTok career, like we would we would capture their 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 reply and then make a video about it and be all snarky and and like, oh, you think we're just faking? Well, how about these apples, asshole? But like, honestly, at this point, like, I don't I don't have the energy to field it at all. I just block that shit. And honestly, to to every system out there who has to deal with fake clamors, nobody's keeping score. Nobody's nobody's measuring how many successes or fails you have, wins or losses against these deplorable excuses for humanity. Just block that shit. Just block that shit. Yeah. <laughs> now see again and, and on that line like I am I I feel like I'm double privileged in that regard because one my life journey has been one such that I can look back on it and say with complete confidence yes I have had dissociative identity disorder since I was a young child mm-hmm. it is painfully obvious And on top of that, I am privileged enough to have an official diagnosis. And so, like, I've got two layers of armor on before any fake claimer can even get to me. I recognize, though, that not everybody is privileged enough to have that experience. And for those of you out there, again, just block that shit. Spend no effort trying to change their minds because you're not going to. That's not why they're posting on your shit. They're posting on your shit because they're bullies and they're suffering and they're trying to spread it around. And the best thing you can do 
is in is not engage at all i'm i'm talking like don't even post their comment and make a snarky video about it do not give them that level of audience because that's what they're after is the attention yeah to be honest. Well, I'm fine. I'm just like making sure I have my uh, TikTok right. Sorry. No worries. So I have to write one to give to you. I know I'm a bit. Thank you. Sorry. Technical. We're... It's all good. We're great. <laughs> um, so that's the end of the show because I, I, yes, I need to eat and. Before I forget to eat tonight. Yeah, you should do that. Eating is eating is good. I find. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us on your thing, man. Yeah, I'm glad Thank we have an opportunity to talk, and hopefully, people will listen. Yeah. So, if you want to learn more, well, learn more or like communicate with the Cosmic Meat Bag and Cosmic Meat Bag spouse, you can go to their TikTok. What are y'all TikToks again? <laughs> My TikTok is Cosmic Meatbag System. And mine is Molly, the system spouse. And I'm so Queen Dee Dee. If you, you know, if, if y'all care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Bye. This is great. Bye. Bye.